I should probably get a new mic at some point. Yours doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't sound great either. Yours is like ridiculous, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like I hear the difference. This is the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want that. Whatever whatever that thing is that you're using. $400 and an audio interface. Oh my goodness. <laughs> dude, we've been watching Sopranos like we're we're like blasting through it. We're all the way like season 6, episode 5 or something, but just the amount of ways that you can go, oh, like, I fucking love it. It's, it's such like a multi-use thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It can be a greeting. Oh. Hey. It can be like, a, I'm insulted. Oh. You know, it's just, it's great. I don't know if I want to spend $400. Yeah, but that's, that's going to be $2,400. You're like, oh. <laughs> just like yeah. offended at the price. Like the blood just drained out of my face when yeah. you said that. I was like, oh, it's probably like like $99. No. no. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh-uh. I got I got other things I want to buy for that much. God, I got Christmas coming up. Oh. Ho fucking ho. Hey, I'm Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Yeah, I've, I've already got my spreadsheet up and ready for Christmas for stuff I'm going to buy. I already like put like uh, Faith the Unholy Trinity for you, Nitroid. Aw, thank you. I am struggling to think of what to get you guys. I am always terrible with gifts. I have trouble getting stuff for my wife. <laughs> and And she's like just cool with anything. She's so chill about it. But I always want to do something really, really special. And then I try to think about it and I get just stuck. So me and Katie came up with this cool system this year. She sends me a list of things that she wants, and then I order them. I like this system. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm really into it. I think it's going to work. I'll drop hints. I'll be like, oh, this is really cool, and I totally wouldn't mind getting this for Christmas. And like, I'll like send her the link. <laughs> this, uh, I actually did that earlier in the year with, uh, God, there was this Metal Gear Solid uh, like little light thing that was like a light up um it said like it was like the jamming you know uh sign uh that's that sits up in the corner oh yeah, yeah. i was like oh that'd be a cool gift to get <laughs> so that that etsy shop's gonna get a, a purchase soon hopefully i would love to know how etsy is not sued left and right for everything they sell on that marketplace i've always thought about that because it's like i i see some of the shirts that they sell and i actually love the aesthetic of some of them especially like the early 90s like mm-hmm. gradient yeah. shit but at the same time i'm like okay some of these stars particularly like the ones i saw one recently with the like a vh1 celebrity from like rock of love or something like that and i'm thinking to myself like okay they they don't have that much money in real life, and I don't think they're getting this much money from the shirt, if any money at all. So it just, how do it, they feel about this? It comes down to, like, the company caring or not. Like, because, like, certain things will get taken down on there. Like, you'll see, like, especially, like, Nintendo or, you know, just certain yeah. IPs. They're more, uh, you know, on top of that shit. But there's so much there's so much that it's hard to, like, stay on top of. And that's not to say that I don't like these things because I buy these things. It's just, you know, stuff. You know, kind of stuff in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah. 
I'll go to Etsy and I'll type in Metal Gear Solid and I'll look at all the stuff and I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I really don't because... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it when people are like, yeah, I'm an independent craftsperson on Etsy. I make ghost babble cartridges. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's literally on my screen right now is the ghost babble cartridge. But it's like right beside uh, like a collection of, of MGS shirts for like $19. Oh yeah, the shirts. And yeah. there's like over 2,000 sales, you know, and it's... Just game art slapped on a shirt. If you see someone posting about how they bought Ghost Babble and it's obviously a fake cartridge, don't say anything. <laughs> They're playing Ghost Babble. Just leave them alone. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? It's like if you, if you see someone shoplifting or whatever, just, just leave them alone. God, there's tons of bootleg shirts. Wow. Oh, it's ridiculous. And then you got like some of the, the cooler replica stuff, like this guy selling a, a replica of the boss's Patriot for 130 mm-hmm. bucks. It looks like it was 3D printed. Yo, yeah. so someone someone sent me a, a picture of theirs. They bought it, and it looks so cool. If I bought that, I'm going on a list. You know what I mean? I can't buy that in the UK. <laughs> but but, I, but I, was, I was streaming MGS3 a while ago, so someone sent me a, Someone was like, hey, click this link. I'm like, whoa, I've been in this position before. I'm not clicking that link. I see it. Yeah, it looks tight. Lots of eye patches. It's always funny, though, as you're scrolling, because you will see literal gears made out of metal. <laughs> eye patch five dollars metal gear solid eye patch fifteen dollars right, and, and it looks nothing like it. <laughs> yeah yeah getting flagged down by con security to put a not really a weapon tag priceless <laughs> the one that drives me crazy though is if you look up police knots because people will sell um the the fan translation mm. that was free and like we we know the guys who worked on that, so I always get annoyed when I see that. Yeah, it's so weird. Like the like display case thing, where it's just like, yeah, there's a game inside of a frame. This, yeah, I don't This get person that. did a metal. <laughs> this person did a Metal Gear print with a memory card inside of it <laughs> for thirty one bucks. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, link me to that. I want live see chat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's, there's like a company in the UK, and they make like they make like. What games. is this? Yeah, that's what fucking Taylor Swift did what? with her with her like last album. Just put that bitch in a vinyl in a frame. I mean, some of the, like so shit it. like that is cool, but I don't know. Just like when it's a fucking memory card, it's like, what, right? What are we doing? And it's, it probably doesn't even have Metal Gear on. It's just like one Crash Bandicoot save or something. <laughs> Dude, that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, Psycho Mantis ain't reading this shit now. <laughs> Can't check my memory card if it's behind glass, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some cool shops out there that make some some cool replica stuff, though. Like like Zanzibar Land, that, that guy. Shout yeah, out. I like He's Zanzibar great. Land. He makes great like patches, and I've got like an outer heaven flag sitting right behind me. So I feel like so much shit has happened since this happened, but like, um, uh, like I remember like. Kojima's podcast, the episode with Jeff Keighley about rumors, we were just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be right for the episode. And there was <laughs> so much more that happened yeah. since then. But in any case, you know, it's still been sort of in the back of my mind and somewhat cathartic, you know, given our general themes and trends for this show. Kojima debunking rumors, I mean, just inject that directly into my veins. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know or um, for some reason listens to our podcast, but not Kojima's, which is 
actually very flattering. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the uh, Jeff Keeley was on Brain Structure, um, and what I, 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 but the cynical part of me wants to say is the is a promo for the Game Awards, which we'll get into later. The Jeff's answer. <laughs> yeah, but um, the whole premise of the the episode was for Kojima to go through him and Kojima to sort of go through, you know, these different speculations and rumors about Kojima, you know, the ones that we always hear and figure out, you know, or, or Kojima verifies, you know, is this true or is this false? Um, and it had a lot of funny moments and zingers, I will say. It was kind of wild to hear him directly address the abandoned rumors. Yes. So one of the big ones was abandoned. Uh, he was just like, I have nothing to do with that. But he was pretty positive about it, all things considered. I tried to write this quote. I hope it's right. If not, I'm sorry. Um, but I think he said something like, uh, you know, I'm really rooting for them. Like, if you create, I think this is like not verbatim, but um, if you create something good and share it with everyone, they will learn the truth. That being, you know, the truth about Abandon, that it's not a Silent Hill or Kojima game. I think that's maybe what you should do. Now that we've both gained attention from this, let's boost morale and make something good, which kind of feels shady, but at the same time, like kind of has that, you know, aura of <laughs> Kojima positivity. Yeah. Low key finish the game. I hadn't even considered the shade like aspect of it. I, I'd always seen it as positive. It's like, here's that fucking attention you ordered. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's well, for me, it's like, it's like, you know, if you really got something, then like show it to us. Like, yeah. The tr- like, you know, you'll have the truth, whether the truth is beneficial to you, you know, we'll see. But yeah. But he's, he's probably, uh, being like somewhat empathetic about is like yeah i know what it's like having uh having rumors surround my work so uh yeah hopefully uh we just let this not weigh us down and keep on creating i mean that is a good message to to focus on out of all of it oh most definitely (laughs) um and then it it cracked me up because blue box studios the twitter it retweeted yeah. like a headline of of Kojima talking about abandon, and they're all like, you know, thank you, Kojima, for addressing these conspiracies openly. You know, we hope we can just close this chapter. And it, it gave me a lot of like Tim Robinson and the hot dog energy. Like, we have to find the guy who did this. Like, hello. <laughs> Gosh, how did those rumors get started? Like, oh, we'll just never know. You can have rumors about him assassinating Shinto Abe. So, I mean, it's. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. <laughs> he was pretty, like, that That cracked me up because he was pretty straightforward about what happened. He's like, yeah, so I got accused of killing the prime minister. Like, we, we were all sort of speculating a few episodes ago, like, if he was going to be, you know, very sort of private and, and not really address it head on, or if he was going to, you know, maybe touch on it a bit, you know, from a PR perspective. But no, he straight up said, yeah, I was I was accused of killing the prime minister. It's such a wild thing. I mean, from from the outside and given how crazy, you know, some of the marketing and, and gimmicks surrounding Kojima and his work can get for something like that to happen. You know, it's so absurd that it elicits a laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's so comically insane of a thing to consider but for him that had to be just utterly mortifying to like see your face on the news 
uh, even if it's not in your home country, just on the news or reported anywhere that, hey, this is the guy who did this horrible crime like. That. Oh, man, I can't even I can't even imagine like I, I it's 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 I, I am again like, yeah, I'm I'm similarly surprised that he even talked about it at all. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that he, he's clearly doing better about it to be able to bring it up like that, I feel. Um, because when it happened, he kind of just stopped posting for like a week. Yeah. In general, I think uh, Kojima comes off a lot better when he's being candid about things. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to, to go off track here, but Kojima used to be a lot more open about just, not just things that he liked, but about his life and his feelings and, and, and the way the industry worked. And then as he got more popular, he sort of closed off about that stuff and started sharing more about like his thoughts on movies and music and media and things like that instead. You think that's what his podcast is kind of like a, an answer to, to like kind of br- bring that side back of it a little bit. Yeah. That, that episode felt like, you know, how Kojima used to talk about things. It's funny that you mentioned that, you know, it feels like old Kojima because one of the things that he did say it was cracking me up. It was cracking everybody up. It was like every single day from all over the world, I get messages saying, hey, make a new Metal Gear or PT or Bot Tie or Zone of the Enders. I take this as a positive thing, but as an adult, everyone should know this isn't going to happen. Grow up. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and, and of course, the, the, the people who think that stuff's going to happen immediately saw that, saw Kojima saying that as a sign that it's going to happen. Oh yeah, and then of course, like the 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 publications. Not all publications that did this, but I saw a few that I've seen do this before. Like they took bits from the podcast and sort of made headlines. Like Kojima says this about PT. Kojima says this about working with other studios. Which one of the things he did talk about, by the way, was that you know he's on good terms with other studios, but would absolutely not give up his independence. Um, Which is good, yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's great. Um, so, yeah, of course, like people took like bits and pieces and and made it each of it its own article, including but not limited to you know some of the publications that published some of these rumors in the first place. You have to wonder too if it like what effect it has on the relationship between the studios and the press. When the studios and and it's almost like it's not just like tiny little game blogs that aren't as big. I mean, some of the big hitters participate in the rumor cycle just as much, you know. So you've got to wonder, like, what that does to any sort of relationship between the the developers and the the media. It's just sort of unfortunate that that's kind of what these places have to do to keep traffic rolling in these days. Yeah, it's it's always it's always in the back of my mind, like, okay, like they have to put food on their table. But and this is like the most efficient way. But come the fuck on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've I've wondered for a while if if maybe they're just convinced that this is the way to do it. Um, And they're. You know, if there isn't a better model that could be followed to actually, you know, bring in revenue through games reporting in a way that doesn't rely on on, you know, yellow journalism. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that is a greater symptom of just like 
entertainment journalism in general. Yeah, tabloid journalism. Because it is, it is, it is essentially just tabloidism. It really is. I did find it ironic that, like, literally the day after that podcast was released, some like <laughs> some fucking shirtless guy, <laughs> oh jeez, had apparently overdosed those leaks. Which, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I remember Margaret Qualley in it. Uh, I don't, okay, let me back up here. I don't want to like, in the interest of respecting the spirit of the episode of the podcast, I don't want to entertain these leaks too too much because this is this you know part of what kojima was talking about was like you know there are you know people you know people you know making a profit off of publishing things that sort of go against the spirit of the creator including but not limited to leaks um so the next day this comes out like i see it and part of me is like oh holy shit is that mama and then part of me is like okay, we really shouldn't be talking about this. But then the third part of me came out, and that was, oh my God, that guy doesn't have a shirt on. Um, (laughs) And that's all I'm going to talk about for these leaks, personally. That's the real story. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, look, we we all... Look, we all have criticism and our own thoughts on on Kojima's work. I mean, you know... uh, But I think at the end of the day, we all have a lot of respect for him as a creator, and we don't want to, you know diminish that by diving into things that are clearly not ready to show off yet that's yeah i mean i, I fucking hate leaks like i hate people yeah. data mining and doing all like it just kind of like ruins the i don't know like I, I get the side the people that are like just trying to dig and like figure out what's what and but i don't know yeah. you're doing it ahead yeah. of like release and then you present like Here's it like I don't even know if if Pokemon is actually that bad or someone had like an early release copy and they're showing that off but like everything looks like shit in that game and but but I don't know like if that's an actual representation I cannot figure it out like I haven't seen yeah. enough people play it but like those couple of videos that were going around at first was like what the fuck is going on but that's yeah. that's that wouldn't be fair if that's like a pre day one patch version you know or, or whatever it is so I don't know I'm just. I hate leaks. Well, yeah, it's it's what gets amplified are the most extreme aspects of something, not necessarily what the truth is. And so when all you see are the extremes, mm-hmm. that's the impression you get. It's either extremely good or extremely bad, depending on which which, you know, which channel you're turned to, I guess. And on the other side of it, like I just, you know, with cyberpunk, like all I saw, all I saw at the launch with that was like everybody like, oh, it's unplayable. Look at all this shit. And like I played through that on a base PS4 with hardly any issues like i had like two freeze ups like but like other than that like i didn't have any of that the the t posing or any of that shit happen it's kind of anecdotal and per you know per person with what kind of glitches and bugs you're gonna get but that kind of looked like consistent with the pokemon stuff that what i had seen so i don't know if that's you know pre or or actual like version one gameplay that we were seeing in those videos yeah it's gonna change from person to person on, on the same note of just sort of these skewed perspectives and 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 leaks and and things like that. I really think it's funny when someone who is either behind the leaks or a major anybody who's sort of participating in getting the leaks out there or is responsible for for breaking the story or something. I always love it when I see them say something like I don't know why you're mad at me. I'm just doing my job as a journalist, you know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just getting the information. Like, dude, this is a video game. You ain't Edward Snowden, okay? Like, right. You're you, you're not working for the NSA. I fucking said that to one of them one time who blocked me. I was like, 
It was, he was like talking about like hiding his sources or some shit like that. Yeah, I remember that. You're like, it's video games, bro. <laughs> dude, I was like, dude, these are to- these are electronic toys and art. Yeah, like, that's what you said. <laughs> this isn't fucking Watergate. Like, and and the con- I mean, like your context is far more justified than when I said it, Nitroid, because you're talking about straight up like, you know, compromising the actual content rather than just kind of spreading rumors about it, right? And and it is actually compr. That's a great way of putting it because it is in some ways actually compromising the content of the game because yeah. the way Kojima plays with media and advertising and it, it, like it's all tied in together. So for somebody to kind of come in and and expose that and break the, you know, just just to to open it all up before it's even ready to go, yeah. kind of destroys part of the game experience in a way. You know, it would be like if when MGSV was being made and advertised, if someone was just like, oh, it's a body double. <laughs> you know? They show the, like, face creation screen. You're like, ah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, on. just, yeah, or just, like, you know, re- you know, revealed right in, right off the bat. Yeah. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, little things leaking on forums. I mean, like, you've got this stuff coming out on, like, major game outlets and just... I just don't like it. Yeah, they won't. They'll, they'll publish about it, but they won't for 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 the for good faith. They, they'll tell you all about it, but they yeah. won't show you where to get it. And then you just this isn't, all it takes is a Google short search. Yeah, this isn't government corruption. You're you're showing something that you probably saw on some dude's you know screen when he was watching a Slack that he wasn't supposed to be in. Yeah. Anyway. Also, put a fucking shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking getting getting all getting all kinds of leaks that we weren't expecting. <laughs> like realize oh, you're in the shot and your reflection is like right there. Like Dude, how, how, do you have, how do you have access to this shit but you don't know how to record a video off your PC? Yeah. Why why are you doing this with a camera phone? What is this? <laughs> Need to interview that guy and just ask him nothing but clothing related questions. Just ask him about like his the width and height of his nipples. <laughs> we, can we do our first video podcast with him as a guest? <laughs> just him as an overlay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us, but we're being watched dude, by him. Through the, the, video, the next burst transmission, dude. We got to throw him on top of us. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, on the video version of this, on the video version of this, you got to like flash in a few frames of like. Fight the, called it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I bet I could do that. I'm not I'm not shaming anyone by the way. I don't look good through a a phone camera video in the reflection of me and my monitor either. Oh well, yeah, I mean I wouldn't have given a fuck if like I, I don't mind nudity, whatever. I wouldn't have given a fuck if one, he wasn't trying to leak content against the artist's like consent. And two, I wasn't expecting a sh- a shirtless person in these video game leaks, like I'm not on OnlyFans, man. Yeah. My man looks like he's trying to sell a TV on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the juxtaposition of like the biggest story in a while presented in the tackiest way possible. Yeah. I do like how uh, Kaiden, he had mentioned uh, there's this dude on David Jaffe's server who keeps bait posting about how much Sony rules and how much he loves PlayStation games so much. And how he always uses a shirtless profile picture to show off his muscles. Uh, that's great, the part about the muscles. But I wanted to focus more on David Jaffe because of God of War and bait posting because of Jeff Keighley. 
and his game award <laughs> announcements and like starting fucking fights again. Like, why are we fighting about the game awards, y'all? Why? Wait, we- what? Is there a fight? Because Sifu is not a fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Sifu not being a fighting game. Like, I, I don't know, man. Is there a fight going on? I missed. A, I must have missed this. There. I mean, okay. I, yeah. It's, it's it's not a fight, but. You know how like I, I think I say this every ever every year since we've started recording, but there's this trend of like when the game awards comes out, there always seems to be some contention um between the game of the year nominees. Um, despite the fact that literally like the year before we all just you know this is the cycle. Let me let me frame it like a cycle here. Okay. So what happens is Jeff Keeley announces the game awards nominees. Um, and generally, like, there seems to be some sort of point of contention or conflict with them, um, you know, that that causes some ruckus on the Internet. I believe last year was sort of like Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima versus um, The Last of Us 2. Maybe, I don't know, last year or the year before. Um, and then this year, it seems to be, you know, God of War Ragnarok versus Elden Ring. Um, for a few reasons. Um, one, because, you know, God of War just came out like two weeks ago. Um, and then two, you know, there's this whole like, like sort of philosophical element of, you know, what design philosophy do you prefer? Do you prefer, as we lovingly call it, the walkie talkies, especially in the context of, you know, God of War Ragnarok, which has been sort of criticized for, um like guiding people oh jesus I, i'm i've been yeah. playing through it and it's like it, it's it's so much I, they need to put a chatter density uh meter in there to just like chill some of that out and like <sighs> gene park had written something about it kind of calling it like a western final fantasy like where like you have these party members that are like always just talking and kind of guiding you through it but like from like a gameplay thing where they're like Hey, you should hop up there and hit that lever and turn it to the right twice. And you're like, God damn it, dude. Like, solve the puzzle for me. You know, it, it just, with a game like that, when it's pretty simple puzzles anyway, like, they don't need that much guidance with it where it's, you know, just pushing you through. It's not hand-holding. It's like, it's taking your hand and, like, dragging you through it. You know, you're just like, God damn, chill out. Why, why have they put Twitch chat into the game? yeah two points on that one final (laughs) fantasy has only just recently started doing that crap yeah and i think it's annoying them doing that too yeah i don't know like i i couldn't stand that uh god who's the one in 15 that just like wouldn't shut up it's all of them (laughs) (laughs) and two the guy started with a p but anyway anyway prompto yeah like the Michelangelo, basically, because yeah, they, yeah, he, he they're basically like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Um, and two, uh, I have not played it yet, but I have read that you can actually turn a lot of that off. Uh, it's mm. under accessibility settings, though. I don't know if that's true or not, but I read. No, it, I, so. I heard that as well, but I, because I haven't played it, I I wasn't sure I if it was seen control it. or what. But apparently, yeah. you can turn it off. So, because I haven't played it, I'm not sure if that was just a joke I didn't get or if it actually is an option that you can disable it. But, you know, yeah. That might have been recently added, too, in a patch. I don't know. That is funny, though, if they added it, because I've watched videos of streamers and, and just, just laughing at how every five seconds it's like, you need to pull the lever. Why yeah. aren't you pulling the lever? Great, you pulled the lever. Let's go. Yeah. I wish they did it for, like, hidden objects and shit, like 
you know, stuff that like actually matter. And they're like, hey, there's something shining it's, over there. And you're like, oh yeah. And it's what it's like what Dave said. It's so hilarious how diametrically opposed it is to Elden Ring's design yes. philosophy, where it's like, you want to know what to do? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Get the fuck down there and and go. It's yeah, that away. That's, it's like Marlin. so. There's 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 that sort of like two prong approach to why there's so much, I guess, controversy. Which again, mm-hmm. you know, I I I don't understand why we're making the Keelys such a integral part on proving, you know, which game is like the best or whatever. Because yeah. because this is what ends up happening. You know, the nominees come out, everybody fights. The award show happens. You know, we all are going there for the announcements or whatever. But, you know, throughout it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still an advertising event. So (laughs) the rock comes out, sells us something. Yeah. We're confused. Also shirtless. The Gillette razor comes out and um, and then we're just like, what the fuck just happened? Keely, goddamn it. You know, (laughs) these this could be so much better. Keely puts out a tweet that's like. You know, we want your feedback, everybody. Da 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 da. We say the everybody same. Everybody says the same thing, yeah. yeah. And then you know, we're just like, man, the game awards is so cringe. And the next year comes out, and we forget everything we heard, we heard and said before. Yeah, and then Ke- Keely yeah. comes out with his nominees, and it all happens again. The cycle yep. of life. It is kind of cool, though. I mean, some good conversations happen out of it. You know, like uh, some they were even talking about, like just narratives in game you know and like how god of wars you know it's just telling the story throughout whereas like elden ring has like narrative but like you have to like piece it together through like environmental you know storytelling and like slowly put together lore and since it's so open world and like you can do whatever in different orders like you know you just have to piece it together whereas god of war is this linear story and just gotta use your brain yeah it's more like a movie here's my worry um with regards to how much importance is placed on who wins i have to wonder you know how much of the industry looks at the winners of these events and gets their design cues from it you know like are they going to look at elden ring and think we need to do stuff more like that or are they going to look at god of war and say we need to do more stuff like that and i mean i realize that like the winners are picked by like I, I saw this on, on their website the other day. Somebody linked me to it. It was it was a breakdown of like, I think 90% of the vote is determined by the behind the scenes critics and 10% is the public vote. So your vote doesn't really matter that much. Oh, man, it sucks. Um, and so whatever they pick is pretty much already picked. Um, so it like, you know, what what is going into that uh, to that decision? And how much influence does the result actually have on other game developers? Like if God of War wins, are we going to see more walkie talkies? If Elden Ring wins, are we going to see more souls likes? I mean, like, like, does it actually have an effect or not? That's what I want to know. And are we going to see more cat games or not? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly after, after Stray, I, I think we'll see more cat games. But like God, you know, God of War for game of the year. I'm sure the I'm sure the film inside the game is is really good. But the gameplay looks like the most run of the mill. It is shit man. I've ever like, seen. Yeah, we're we're that? stuck in this like seventh generation type gameplay where it's just like this is where we're. I don't know. It's we haven't evolved. I, like, and I will say it's. I, I think I didn't really care for the the first God of War. You know, like the the one on on PS4 and stuff that just did this whole kind of like rebranding. I didn't really care for that that much, and just it's like slower pace. Yeah, I love the original God of War like trilogy. That they they played so good and they're just like good like beat 'em ups. Whereas this has turned into something kind of different. 
I do like what they added a little bit of more depth, you know, to the combat in Ragnarok than, you know, but I mean, you can just keep just throwing your fucking axe at people over and over. <laughs> just like. <laughs> I am with you. Yeah. I saw one scene from. Like, I was watching a friend play it on stream, right? And he was like halfway through the game. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, it looked like a Marvel film. The cutscene that yeah. we're playing, it, it it was it was like um, God, you're right. Endgame, right? It was it, mm-hmm. it it was really like Endgame. It was so weird to watch because I played like the you know the original God of War mm-hmm. games back when he had like uh, a, a triangle for a head and the graphics were yeah. shit. Um, and that that just felt like the old God of War games felt like. Do you know when Mortal Kombat tries to put a story mode into their games, but they fuck it yeah. up? God of War felt like a good version of that. Man. Yeah. And, and now it's like, it's gone MCU. It, it really has. That's, MCU, that, that is what's really informing storytelling uh, across all media, I think. It's had a, a major influence and not a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just saying it, it, it isn't for me. I don't, I don't like, as you call them, like walkie-talkies. I, I don't play those kind of games anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, that, well, clearly a lot of people really like this. And I love Christopher Judge because he was Tilk in Stargate, so... Yeah, that's um, like my one, that's the one thing I really <laughs> like about the new God of Wars, Christopher Judge. Yeah. The performances are great. I mean, I can't, you know, all, all the like voice actors came in and really did like great work. And technically it's really beautiful. It, it kind of feels like the same discussion we were having, like we were talking about like The Last of Us 2 or something where it's just like, all right, this is technically really great, but, you know, just... What's what's really going on here? Like this doesn't feel like a game so much as I don't know. The the old God of Wars were just so much more fun and like arcadey, whereas this is like yeah, it has combat, but it's just it's a lot slower and I don't know. It's not as much fun. Well, this is kind <laughs> of the the style of a lot of the big Sony tentpole releases. I mean, Horizon is very much the same way as this. Yeah, it's definitely more cinematic of a presentation now, where it's like I don't know. I just I, just, I like the different camera angles of the old God of War and just like zipping around and. I don't know. I enjoy the new God of War. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy I enjoyed both like versions, but there was something incredibly jarring about going from that like third person like beat him up like it kind of shows you the arena as opposed to kind of focusing on Kratos and then shifting to that like third person over the view. Thanks Resident Evil 4 for keeping yeah, this trend so up for like yeah. exactly, yeah. 800 years like that's I think that's definitely what it was. It's the it's the switch to over the shoulder that just all of a sudden, yeah, it fucked up all the perspectives on everything. Like the camera never leaves my side and shows me like this cool shot, you know, of me like fighting a goddamn Hydra. You know, like it's just like, nope, here you are, you're right here with Kratos. Or Atreus, which fuck those sections too. God, they're so annoying. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Atreus, everybody watch mid nineties. He's in that movie. It's great. It's it's really strange to talk about how cinematic these games are and the problem with that considering that that's one of the strengths of metal gear solid is how cinematic it is mm. um but it gives you more freedom it has you know like you said sort of the the camera angles pulled back even when it is in the third person view like there's there's a you can have a curated experience that still gives you enough freedom that you don't feel like you're on rails mm-hmm. you know just moving from one set piece or cutscene to the other which is weirdly enough kind of how Metal Gear does it, but it doesn't feel like what God of War feels like. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you. I played the original, but I I I got you know I I didn't even finish it. I couldn't. It just bored me to tears. Yeah, 
it's yeah, it's just like okay, you've done, you've had your gameplay bit. Okay, here's the next bit of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Walk slowly to this thing so that we can trigger the next part of the thing that you're in that you have no control over. Uh, and and two, I think every uh, enemy encounter in that game has just been like not challenging. Like I, I'm not playing on like the hardest of. I'm sure if you crank it up all the way, you know, and you get overwhelmed by enemies, it's. But just like every en- engagement, just feels like oh, I can overpower this guy. Like they're not going to block this or do anything to like fight smart you know i'm just gonna i can just wail into these guys and pretty much button mash and get out of every situation which is you know kind of how the, the old god of war was but like it felt a little more snappy and just like it mattered like you know if, if you blocked or countered at the right time i don't know this gives you a lot more leeway in combat so it just makes it kind of dull so was there actually some drama between jeff Keeley and david jaffe no, no, no. I was just bringing up David Jaffe because, you know, he was the original creator of God of War. So, right, right. Kaiden's tweet or Kaiden's message on live chat served as a great segue, I felt. Uh, oh, I gotcha. But on that note, I will ask, you know, do you think that going back to my point, I felt a little bit like, you know, that rumor episode was very much like a, like a, kind of also a promotion for the Game Awards. So with all that being said, um, you know, what level of DEFCON, Kojima <laughs> DEFCON, mm-hmm. do you think we'll see? Hmm. Yeah, because is the Game Awards the last event of the year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the most part. It kind of feels too like since the leak has already happened, like he might as well like come out and show a little bit might be that actual leak that has already came out maybe i don't know what if what if overdose what if and this is me pulling shit out of my ass what if overdose is the phantom pain to whatever the fuck who am i is to uh, whatever the fuck who i am is 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 is, um you know metal gear solid five if that makes sense like you remember he just showed like phantom pain Hmm. he just showed phantom pain at the game awards and everybody was like oh Look at the shapes, look at the tile shapes on the floor. That's Metal Gear related. But the intention was that it was sort of like disconnected. So you think Overdose is possibly a Death Stranding 2 related thing? Is what you're saying? A- or? Absolutely not. But <laughs> if you want to get into my idea, like, conspiratorial like, mind, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Hmm. I don't know. And uh, also, to our one of our friends and fans, Token Flip Guy, is going to be there. So if there is a Kojima DefCon that's above like a, like a like a four or a three, I think he'll get a picture. Uh, he'll get a picture. Yeah. Well, no, it's the other way around because one and two are the high. Like it goes reverse. Higher the number, the lower the severity level. Well, I'm trying to remember what level was Kojima showing up at the awards. I thought it was one three. And two. Just one, one and, and two. two. Yeah. Okay. So like for some reason I thought three was like shows up but doesn't say anything. That's a virtual uh a virtual I gotta write book. this down. Yeah, we really need to make a grid on this. It's virtual but has a product, not game related, but has a product to show up. Yeah. Defcon two is virtual but has something new, and Defcon one is he's there, he's showing it. Yeah. So I think this is a, a two, possibly a one. Yeah, if we see a picture of him like on a flight and it's like, oh, shit. Defcon but, one. Yeah. yeah, I saw a really funny tweet from uh, Susie Hunter mm-hmm. that was, uh, look, I'm not a marketing genius, but when we finally see Hideo Kojima's overdose trending on Twitter, that might be quite alarming for some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
a bad day. Oh, man. Let's be ready. I'm ready for it. I am very, very curious to see what a Death Stranding 2 might look like. Because now he's had all the feedback, he's seen what people liked and didn't like, and I'm curious what direction he's going to, to take a follow-up in. Presuming it is Death Stranding 2. I mean, the, the, the art kind of seems to give it away pretty clearly. but Yeah. yeah. So, for everyone who doesn't know, which is pretty much everyone that's not these my, my co-host, um, we are sort of doing some process improvements to make our show process and releases and stuff a lot more cleaner. Um, the reason why I'm saying all this, however, is because I looked at the calendar and then I also saw it and I think um, the MGS MGN Twitter Shout out to Leo, but it's been a year. Oh, yeah, that they removed uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 due to the expiring licenses, yeah. So how about it? Has it really been a year? That's official now. I remember we, I remember we questioned it being a year, like, not too long ago, and they were like, okay, it hasn't been a year, good. But now it has been. No. We need to find that clip. Oh. Yeah. God. I remember Apache was like, has it been a year yet? <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> Because you were like, holy shit, if it's been a year, then uh-oh. <laughs> like, you were, like, concerned. Yeah. That's not good. That uh, felt fast. Really, yeah. really, really fast. Man, how are people playing these games? I I can't imagine. <laughs> it would be, I mean, there's, like, there's torrents of, of ways to play them, but... Do you see that um, Weird Al tweet, by the way? Yeah, that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> <laughs> people asking him how to see his movies. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. People, people asking him how how they can see the movie in a country it's not been released in. He's like, "Have you heard of piracy?" Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. We are legally obliged to say that we do not in any way condone piracy. Like, like, like Weird Weird Al Weird Al's music is is, is like definitely dated. It, it it's definitely dated, but he hasn't. I don't think he's ever like gone out of touch like he's still able to do this whole like social media game even now in 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 like 2022 it's really cool to see yeah he's he's probably one of the most consistent uh creators period you know like if you go back and look at his old work and you know the way he presents him you know himself and and his general style of humor and everything and look at him now the difference is the mustache. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty consistent. I know all the words to all his songs. Some days I wake up and they're stuck in my head. So, uh, so Nitroid has that blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker paid for Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Can you, uh, can you like turn off? Like, is there an option for you to like? Because, I don't know, nope. they haven't brought it back. Nope. Can you, like, take off your payment? Oh, yeah, I can. I mean, I can I can turn it off anytime I want. Uh, well, I mean, okay, let me let me specify. Um, so I wanted to see how it worked. And I was curious if it would actually boost my my traffic. And I wanted to see if the edit button was actually decent. And so you can you basically get it for one month. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't that, that check mark, you're stuck with it for the month. 
if you stop paying, yeah, yeah, it'll go away, but you can't like hide it or anything. Like, let me pick a, my own custom emoji for that. <laughs> that would that'd be funny. Um, yeah, it's it's funny that uh, it basically just does nothing. You know. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be giving people a huge boost or anything, or or nerfing regular people. It just, it seems like unaffected right now. But. Yeah, it's. I haven't really. If anything, I've seen a reduction, which is interesting. Mm. Um, and I have to wonder if um if that's a result of just poorly tuning the algorithm, or if it's just because so many people are like, uh, ban listing people with <laughs> paycheck marks. <laughs> No, I, I think I think interactions like down across the board. I don't think I don't think yeah. posts are getting pushed in the same way that they used to be. Yeah, there's definitely a change, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to sort of like piece together how it all works. It's like I'm taking my time to to sort of like itemize it out. I've gotten some kind of crazy like promotions and at promoted tweets. I got a love guru the other day, and I was like, "Where where's Wendy? Where's my girl Wendy?" What? Yeah. Uh she was talking about like I I forget. I have the screenshot somewhere. It is nice to be able to upload large videos, I'll say that. I saw yeah, a funny I was gonna account. Ask, like, yeah. I saw a funny account that just uploaded the entirety of like I think it was Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Like the whole movie just in oh, a sequence of go. tweets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's like they've had <laughs> This is why this whole thing has been really stupid for me. It's because, like, you've had, like, Twitter Blue, which was, like, these perks, you know, like, premium-type level thing, and then you have verification, you know, being the check mark, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, what if we just combine that and then made it so it didn't even matter, and, you know, anybody can just buy it. And it's like, wait, now, now you've just converged these two systems that don't really have anything to do with each other, and you're, you're just giving these, these people all of a sudden just, like, I don't know. My my whole answer to it has been like it should have been two separate things, you know, put a check mark and then like a plus sign if they have Twitter Plus or Premium or whatever the fuck you want to call it, but Yeah, something like that. As a product manager, which I'm sure everybody's sick of us, I understand. This thing makes me like fart have like stress farts. The whole the, everything <laughs> everything the way that this has been managed, like it's too much for yeah. me to witness. I'm just trying to sort out like what the actual best answer to this would be, you know, working uh, in software development. It's not always obvious what uh, is actually going to solve the problem. Right. That That's where the product managers come in, dude. Yeah. And like it's OK. So like what's the goal here? Is it to cut if the goal is to cut down on bots, then I kind of get the logic of yeah. making people pay for a check mark, but that's not necessarily going to do it. You're going to put a barrier there, granted, but yeah, you're not going to have like hundreds of accounts doing it like as eagerly. Yeah. sure. but someone will drop like eight dollars for the lols, like you know. Yeah, there's, there's and... all these people paying for follower like bots and like that's exactly, we're in this new yeah. age where people will they'll say oh a thousand dollars you know for fifty thousand followers on Instagram like that'll make me look bigger. Go for it. Yeah, like. And that's that's what sucks is like you are competing against that nefarious of people that are just like saying like, oh, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'll I'll, I'll do that. And and going to the scam part is like, uh, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, eight dollars is a barrier. But to, for some scams, you know, folks are going to do the math and they're going to figure out, hey, you know, having right. to pay eight dollars, right. you know, after mm -hmm. being banned for X amount of days or X amount of months. That's just yeah. the cost of doing business. I, sure. I'll still get like 
you know, X hundred dollars a month, Mm -hmm. you know, scamming the people who still fall for it. And this is where I was thinking that, like, the way to solve this might be to... Okay, so, as I understand it, the way they handled verification prior to this was uh, on sort of a case-by-case basis. There were something like two to 300,000 verified Twitter users. It's not a lot in comparison to their total number. So that's a lot of users. And some people could buy into that too. You could apparently pay like around $10,000 to get that verified. Yeah, thing. yeah, like If you just yeah, knew I, somebody that was yeah. shady enough to do it. It was, which is, it which was is kind really of lame, the, yeah. What you normally have to do for a verification thing these days, which is like you have to show them a news site if they're like, like I, I tried it on like Instagram the other day I'm just you know and like they were like send send two verified like news links that are talking about you so like you have to have like an article written about you that like identifies okay. you as a notable brand and all this shit okay so I get that essentially there's two types of people that you would there, there are two types of accounts that you would have to verify uh individuals and and brands okay mm-hmm. let's let's break it into those two categories yeah. For individuals um, you know, they're obviously they, they, you know, it sounds like they were just doing one on one sort of verifications where like maybe they were checking an ID and there was like some rep on Twitter side doing all of this. They were doing it manually. Mm-hmm. So they're probably doing it like what you mentioned, it's like with brands, they've got, you know, show us the news articles and maybe some some tax papers or something. And for the users, it was like, show me an ID or something. Right. A minimum following to of like, you know, 5K yeah. followers or something like that. Normally right, right, consider right. It even. So so when you're doing it manually, that's a little more cut and dry. Now, if you want to cut down on bots on Twitter and really get rid of the problem, the obvious solution to me seems like you expand the verification system to every single user. You don't hide it behind a paywall. You make it so that everybody can verify. That way, it makes sense to deprioritize non-verified users because there's no barrier to getting verified. Yeah, but that's cost money, and like, like let's not just that much. But but what if you what if you owe like forty four billion dollars all of a sudden, and you need to account for every time? Well, that's the thing. That's why you. That's why we've got these systems in place. Like it's called. I know I've been been going on and on about this on Twitter and on Discord, but it's like there are ID what we call ID proofing systems uh, that have been in use for years and years, and you see them in government websites, financial websites. I mean, if you've ever been to a website where it, like you're signing up for something related to like your bank account or or whatever or college or something. And it asks you these weird personal questions. Like, did you live at this address between year X yep. and year Y? I know what you're talking like, about. That's, that's ID proofing. Now that information does not go to the place you're, you're actually wanting to use. It doesn't go to the, like, it wouldn't go to Twitter. Twitter wouldn't have that information. It goes to a separate organization. Mm-hmm. And then that organization verifies your identity and then tells Twitter either, yes, this is the person or no, it's not the person. And they've got these systems that you can hook into and they're fairly, uh, you know, they're they're fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. So that would be a way of handling the users. Now, when it comes to media accounts, yeah, that's where it gets a little more complicated. You'd probably have to do more manual oversight. But the only that would to me seemingly solve the problem the only the only issue with it is that it gets rid of the option to be anonymous potentially yeah and you know depending on your opinion of this anonymity on twitter can be a good thing or a bad thing so you know pick your poison i guess but this current approach doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me yeah i think like a like you know maybe like a one-time payment to verify yourself like to to cover the cost yeah, maybe. of doing that but not not a monthly thing that doesn't make sense for me that for like once you once you're verified you should stay verified 
but if you want the premium video upload, sure, you're using up more server space, pay five to eight bucks a month, whatever. Because yeah. they used to have this already. They had Twitter Blue already that was like premium services and stuff. But what was it, five bucks, I think? Yeah, it was, it was like four ninety nine or something, and it when you it was mostly just the video stuff and mm-hmm. and getting like free access to uh, news websites without ads and things like that. And it, you know, it would I think it would uh, actually probably help their bottom line. I mean, obviously, I can't see their books, and I'm not a business major or anything, so like you know, take it for what it's worth from a layman here. But it seems to me that if you could put something like this in place and essentially guarantee that bots are not going to be able to exploit the platform. That would be of huge interest to advertisers, which is where Twitter gets most of its revenue. You know, you say, hey, we won't have bots. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, as a business, you wouldn't want a lot of, like, fake engagement, like, to represent. Like, you like you want to know exactly. like, how much of it is actually coming through. So then if you have to count, like, oh, okay, well, 20% of this is bots, maybe, you know, that throws off all your fucking numbers. Yeah, and you eliminate the Instagram problem. Yeah. Because I've seen those server farms where they have, like, I've seen photos of those, like, giant buildings where they've just got thousands mm-hmm. of phones on the walls oh, making yeah. accounts and just they're liking every like it's mm-hmm. crazy to yeah. look at that it's in the music industry a lot too with like plays and stuff like that where you'll just they'll have those farms that are just like racking up plays on spotify and then you know get that money back towards yeah as- essentially astroturfing it all yeah yeah and it's illegal and you shouldn't do it and stop it <laughs> assholes <laughs> yeah because one thing I, I think about, and I, I hate that this is happening to them, is that I think about, so you know, the artists that have gained such a following on Twitter where, you know, that's their medium to to not only present their portfolio, but also sell their products. They, you know, people, you know, either go to their Etsy or go to their uh, Patreon to support them through a tweet they found um, mm-hmm. or, you know, they find them, you know, and find out, oh, they're going to a con. I'll save up money to go to their 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 booth. And you know, it really sucks for them that they have to kind of go through this measure right now. I, I th- oh, yeah. Those are the ones I think about in the back of my head all the time. Like, the, and the same thing for, for musicians and shit, too. It's like we use social media for, like, booking and promoting. Yeah, and yeah. When albums drop and singles drop. And it's like, oh, cool, you just took away, like, all my, like, you know, a third of how I do my business. Like, you know, there's Facebook and Instagram. And then it's just, it, it just, it really hits people. There's that sunk cost fallacy where it's like, okay, yeah, the, this product is, this service is getting shitty mm-hmm. and I could move over and improve the service, but it's, you're, there's still so much time and growth that you, you've lost because something yeah. like this service was just poorly managed. It's discouraging too, like just to start at zero on anything new again, you're just like, oh fuck, here we go again. And trying to like reestablish those old connections. I mean, that's. A lot of people in, you know, the music industry, that's why they kind of vouch for saying like, hey, try to get your customers data, like get them on an email list or or get, you know, because you don't own your social media shit at all. Like mm-hmm. any yeah. of these things could just go up and smoke. Like that's, that's, you know, that's, I've been kind of prepared for something like that. It's like, that's why you just spread out and kind of get established at, in most of these places. I'm not going to be everywhere. I'm not going to do Mastodon just because it's popping up. Like maybe if that does become a prominent thing, like, yeah, I'll shift over there, but it's got to be worth your time. They had to drag me to TikTok. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't want to fucking do this, but this is where people are doing shit. God damn it. No, you're put, you're saying exactly what's going on here because yeah. it, it's funny. You put it that way because, um, historically when a social media, uh, website goes, you know, stops being sort of the popular choice, 
it's it's never been like this where it's just in ju- this th- it's this loud spectacle, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Not to suggest that it's go- well, that Twitter's going to go down, but it, but it's like there was a natural shift, you know, from MySpace to Facebook and etc. I feel like Dig was an exa- kind of an example, but way smaller scale. Dig to yeah. Reddit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet today, uh, the quote on the bottom of it says, uh, some people are saying Twitter will fade away like MySpace because of this, but there really isn't any better uh, social media f- uh, for anyone. TikTok isn't a real social media replacement. Tumblr is niche, and it's just a collection of blog spots, really. Facebook is for boomers, and Instagram can't decide if it's a photo platform, marketplace, or TikTok, too. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. that's, that's it. It's like, yeah, like that, Twitter has been kind of like a good balance of like discussion show and tell type shit where you're just like, Hey, look at this. You know, like, I don't know. You can't really do a lot of that on Instagram. And then Facebook just feels so like disconnected. Now it's kind of broken. And Meta kind of fucked it all up. I saw this tweet too. That was like, you know, like discord is nice, but there's something different about like a discord message and <laughs> like a post. post. Yeah. yeah you need to that. post. If I don't post, I'm going to steal a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But yeah. I, I, you know, I thought about going back to my Tumblr just because, you know, that was sort of my thing, Metal Gear thing before this was. I yeah, don't know. Tumblr's kind of broken too. Like, if you haven't used it in a while, like your account's kind of just like dead uh, inactivity wise. And that's, that's what sucks about a lot of these accounts too. Like, if you go away for a while and then try to come back and be active again, it's just like, nah, man, you haven't been yeah. here for a while. Like, things are different now. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people don't even realize MySpace is still online. It's a music player type thing. Something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, depressing, it's a silly place. A lot, of, a lot of people have messaged me expressing concerns, saying, oh my God, what are you going to do if Twitter dies? And I just want to assure everyone that it won't affect my life in any way. Like, <laughs> I'll just... I'll, I'll have a life <laughs> if it goes away. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to do with all these hours that I get back? It was kind of funny the other night. It was like we were all just like in a in a plane that was like slowly crashing and everybody was just kind of like <laughs> saying what they really wanted to say. Like people were just like screaming <laughs> random things and shit, just like blurting out shit. <laughs> I don't know. And then we kind of all like realized that the plane wasn't crashing at all and kind of looked around like, oh, <clears throat> just like straighten up our ties. <laughs> oh, we're not going like, to die. Oh, fuck. I didn't mean that when I said. I don't know if the I, I feel like the plane's not going to crash, but the seats are going to be really tighter and the yeah they're no longer going to serve food they're going to serve great value sodas instead uh and uh you're gonna have to pay like a bunch of different it's gonna be like it's gonna go from like like southwest to like spirit airlines but the plane's not gonna crash though yeah that's what i mean people were concerned that it was just gonna stop (laughs) i have to laugh though well, yeah, people thought it was genuinely going to like stop working at midnight as if as if this was like some fairy tale. Like, do you think somebody has their hand on the button? Did John McClane get in and like turn the bomb off at the last second? Like, what do you think? How do you think websites work? The only thing I can think of, and this is just a little bit of my arrogance, is like there's some sort of rehydration that somebody's forgetting that that has to be done. Uh, but nothing like catastrophic. Look, look. Look, if the Peace Walker servers can run for like 10 extra years <laughs> unmonitored, Twitter's going to be fine. It does seem to have like enough enough stuff going, you know, internally that it'll just keep on rolling as we as we do stuff. Yeah, I think that, that whole story really did sprout out of the people saying that the Twitter office like had closed and then people were like, oh, no, Twitter's yeah. closed. And it, it was just well, this weird thing. But hey, we all got our link trees out, right? 
All right, we're good. Pretty much. I, I knew it wasn't going to close imminently. I was, I was just having fun. It was one of those things too. I was like, hey, I'll get a couple more Instagram followers from this. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the bit. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice <laughs> benefit to it. I don't know. The whole thing is just surrounded by so much, like conjecture and hostility that I'm just waiting for the dust to settle. I mean, to be fair, though, to be fair, they kind of brought it on themselves. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Seems like there's just a lot of testing happening in real time here. (laughs) Just going, all right, let's throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what works. You know. That's one way to unit test. (laughs) God. What else we got going on? We were talking about brain structure earlier and uh i was i was sick with the old fox died but um there was an episode a few weeks back that i never got to talk to you guys about and it was the music episode um i don't know if you guys had listened to that one but you know they were mainly focused on ben gellis and you know blade runner and, and all that but uh he brought up a really cool point that he was talking about how he wants to basically how, how like old cartoons back in the day used to have like a live orchestra, like play along live, you know, like think like Tom yeah. and Jerry, you know, like when they peek around the corner, just, you know, do that little pitch bend thing. So he was saying like, you know, he'd always wanted to kind of do something like that in games, but just the storage and the capacity, like, you know, couldn't have all that programmed type music where it would be made on the spot like that. But he was saying like, that's where like, you know, the, the cloud could kind of be streaming in that music and stuff. And that's kind of the, the solution to maybe doing something like so grandiose file wise, you know, and just having all that like procedurally generated music happening, kind of like, you know, the situational type stuff with, you know, MGSV and, and, you know, and snake eater. That's yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say is like, there, there's sort of an early, version of that i guess you could say in in you know mgs2 mgs3 mm-hmm. but this would be a lot more like every action and everything that you're doing like and he, that's what he was saying like it would sound different to everybody because what you had going on and what you had equipped and stuff would you know would be different so everyone's soundtrack would essentially sound kind of different because it's just being processed and that's that was kind of like i had never really thought about like the cloud and and music and sound coming through that way, you know, that's like one aspect of it that you could have coming through at least. I have to wonder though, if the cloud would actually be necessary for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause, cause sound samples, yeah, they can get big, but I mean, what exactly would the cloud be leveraged for storing samples processing? You know, that's it's, I'm curious how, how the implementation would actually work. All of it. Yeah. It's a cool episode. He, He talks about it a little bit. Um, in like the later half of it. But it's a little bit after he talks about liking Blade Runner before everybody else. Oh, shut up. God, Kojima's like the ultimate hipster, dude. Like, (laughs) Yeah, he really is. He literally says that. He's like, I I liked it before everybody else did. No one else really liked it. I was the first to like it. God, even it was like quoted in that one article as like, I want to be the first at everything. I'm just like, okay, you make more sense now. I get it. I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like that film. Like it, it visually, it's stunning. Well, which version did you see? Um, there's like four versions, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've seen them all. Yeah, it's like the theatrical, international, director's cut, and final cut. The one I haven't seen is the original, though, and that's you know that's what like uh, people objectionably say is like the worst because like the narration. But like, I kind of want to hear the yeah. narration. God damn it! Like, like it's pretty bad. I get it. It's this moody thing, but like. I kind of at least just want to hear the dialogue, like to hear what he said or thought or whatever. It seems like he doesn't want to record it. Yeah. It seems like they had to force him with like a cattle prod to sit down and record yeah. it. 
You have to force Harrison Ford to do everything with a cattle prod. <laughs> Star Wars. Like, what, the, what has this motherfucker had a good time doing? Like, did he like Indiana Jones? Is he on record? Yeah, I don't, yeah he, lo- oh, he loves it. He, he loves absolutely it, loves yeah. it. He would. The only reason he did Star Wars again, right, is because he said, if you do that, we'll, we'll let you do Indiana Jones. He likes flying his plane. He's like, all right, but you have to kill me in this one. <laughs> <laughs> done, God damn it. Oh man, are they gonna do that to Indy too? No, they just introduced the concept in Star Wars that they can bring anyone back at any time. Oh, yeah, so right. like that's probably <laughs> no one's ever really gone. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've heard he used to turn up I don't know why we're going on about Harrison for fuck it. But fuck let's it. go with let's it. Let's go. <laughs> it. Apparently he used to turn up to sets absolutely off his face, and he would just be like in a complete stupor head rolling around his shoulders and stuff and then they'd say action he'd snap into character and as soon as they said cut he would be back to being fucked again damn that's amazing good for him <laughs> what self-discipline which interestingly is how i record this show <laughs> <laughs> no you should see the the original cut of blade runner that that narration i like the idea of having like a noir narration but it it's not it's not yeah that's like i understand that it's not great but i I still want to watch it like i I just haven't that's the only versions i ever can you know find are like the director's cut look okay let's just get it out there the director's cut is objectively the best version if you think it's another version i'm sorry you're you're wrong if you like green i love the book it's based on um and i feel like although it's not like it's not an adaptation of the book it's just based on the book right yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, t- it takes elements from the book but i still don't think they quite got what they were reading and the and the the the, the, the dialogue is drone in but the film looks incredible yeah at my old house i used to just put it on the projector mm-hmm. and and have it as like part of the atmosphere of the room because it yeah. looks no, stunning beautiful yeah yeah the ambiguity works for it it, it, it is very much kind of a mood piece mm-hmm. I, I do just find the dialogue kind of boring and it's it's cool to see how much it like influenced snatcher i mean you know that's that's kind of one of the the main things we got from it for sure the sequel was interesting i love the sequel <laughs> I, I i didn't want to say that so i was a little nervous <laughs> <laughs> that's I all like I mean, that, that's either. all my input <laughs> i don't like the sequel either. i've seen I it know, i do times. like the sequel i do like the sequel is anybody is the adventure game any good i have it like installed or or at least like purchased from GOG or whoever gave it away for free that that time. But yeah, I haven't played it either, even though I've got it, but I've heard it's a good time. Okay, cool. I, I love like point and click stuff like that. So I think the sequel um, is, you know, it's it's gorgeous and interesting. And I like, you know, I really like the soundtrack a lot, um, but it's overly long and the story is a little too self-interested in building up sort of the lore about around Blade Runner. It, like, I feel like that three hour, like, like it's a three hour movie. And I really believe that there is an extremely tight one and a half hour movie buried in there somewhere. Mm. Just need to carve it out. Yeah, I've never uh, made it through the whole thing. I, I normally like we'll put it on and then fall asleep kind of somewhere <laughs> shit i'll even try to like put on those like god they put out those like shorts what was it uh they had like three shorts that came out before the second one actually dropped oh yeah YouTube. yeah i like put those on and be like all right i gotta understand this before i go to the movie. and then like i'll fall asleep during those I'm like fuck did they do an anime or were they gonna do an anime i never 
followed up on that. I don't know. What about a Snatcher anime? That'd be cool. I would watch that. I would absolutely watch that in a Police Knots anime. And we're probably going to get a Metal Gear Solid anime at some point. God, who are we talking to where it was just like... um. It, it might have been one of you. I don't remember who said it, but that we're probably going to get like a Metal Gear Direct. Like there was the Silent Hill Direct. And it's yeah. just going to be like five different Metal Gear projects in the movie. And and just, you know, my my stomach dropped. Dude, you're going to go that. ape shit. Yeah, I'm just going to be the worst. It's it's just just mute me for three months when this happens. Because I'll be insufferable. <laughs> OK, we still love you. Oh, but I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. No. Yeah, it, it might be for the best. I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, I had some thoughts about Silent Hill. So uh, when Metal Gear gets the remake, I mean. Yeah, look, we're going to see I tears. Mean, we're yeah. going to see blood. We're going to see sweat. <laughs> I'm going to go pick it, Konami. Nah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's a mad view of the sign. Like, I'm just genuinely sat in here like thinking, oh, my God. Oh my! I, I'm just like genuinely afraid of this thing that might happen. <laughs> like, what are they? Like, what are the most possible things they could do? I'll, I'll say this: um, they can do whatever they want, provided that they will first get the old games accessible again. You know, put them on PC, put them on modern consoles, make it so that nobody has to worry about not having access to these games anymore. Do that, and then you can screw up Metal Gear as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. deal, deal. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah, we need to get that on on modern consoles. Well, God, have you seen that thing running on like RPCs three? Yeah, dude. Holy shit, that looks so good. They okay, so they finally hit sort of a threshold recently where the latest Ryzen chips uh, on uh, the most recent builds of RPCS3 will actually maintain 60 frames a second in MGS4 at 4K through that one bottleneck alley, like the road that you yeah, go through in Act, in Act one, 1 where the explosions yeah. are going off. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the bottle. That is, like, one of the major bottlenecks for performance in the game. Yeah. Like, in the actual game, it'll drop to 19 frames a second. And mm -hmm. even up until recently in RPCS3 with, like, the most powerful hardware you could you could buy it would drop to 40 frames a second, but now it has finally gotten to a point where like they can maintain 60 throughout. Mm -hmm. So, and it looks amazing. It looks it so does. good. It looks so, so good. Yeah. This, is, this is the problem I, I have with that game is because you play these sections and it feels like shit and it looks like shit. And it, it just felt like just step backwards. That shit running at 60 is how it should have looked when it came out. Yep. And if you couldn't run it at 60, and then I'm sorry, you can't you can't do what you tried to do with that section. That explosion, you can't have it. it <laughs> you can't just put it in there and say, "Oh well, it just drops to 17 frames a second for a moment, but it's fine." No, it isn't. No <laughs> <laughs> way you said that. Exactly. <laughs> but that's why they nerfed the performance for MGO2. They actually had to turn off a lot of the effects so that they could get 16 players in at a, at the same time. And that game still struggles. So like with the with the the fan servers, they they dialed the effects down even more, you know, to to make it more playable on on emulation and, and on console, which I'm not sure I agree with. But like, I get it. You know, it actually does make it playable. You can play MGO2 uh, on lower end PC hardware, but the single player game 
you know, throw some money at it. Yeah, I mean, there's going to come a time in the future where where I, where I can get my hands on that and I can play MGS4 in yeah. 60 FPS, and I'm going to love it. I already know I am. I, I'm so excited for that. You might not even have to buy the most powerful hardware. I mean, eventually this stuff's going to come down in price and be more accessible anyway, but a lot of it still has to do with optimization, and MGS4 has a lot of room to improve on that. So some of it's going to be better hardware, but some of it's just going to be them tacking away at the problem with the emulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to play it on Daisy's computer. Yep. <laughs> By the way, uh, Apache got into MagFast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. MagFest speedrunning event. Congratulations. The best part is they give you the money for your ticket back. Fuck yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it'll be uh it'll be different in my first in-person event in America. So I'm 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 super excited for that. You're international now. Yeah. Apache Tour 2022. One location. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the DC area. <laughs> one stop, one tour stop. It's cool seeing like, you know, fans just like steadily work on stuff and improve the games instead of the official, you know, companies doing it like you see with this uh the Silent Hill 2 enhanced edition. I, you know, obtained a uh copy <laughs> of that and um yeah. Daisy, you know like some of the differences with that, do you know? Like... Um, I mean, a lot of it just kind of goes down to fidelity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't break down exactly what they do. I could probably google it and kind of yeah. look into it, but you know, Things like widescreen support, uh, you know, the audio, which is, you know, a staple in the Silent Hill 2 experience. They do some updates as far as the fidelity and as far as like sound direction. Um, and then, of course, I believe they do some updates with the cutscenes as well. Um, but overall, like I consider it like the definitive version of playing Silent Hill 2. Um, and I, I both I own both the console and the PC version. I don't know if that's like a controversial opinion, but. That's a hell I'll die on, I guess. Speaking of of fans sort of changing games and, and making updates, uh, one thing I think we didn't get to last week, I don't know if it hadn't been released. I can't remember if it had been released yet or not. Um, but did any of you get to try the third-person camera mod for MGS2? Uh, no, I, I watched you do it, though, or you play it, though. That That is a trip, let me tell you. Um, it feels like playing a completely new game uh, and it works ridiculously well. It feels Apache. I would be curious to see what you think about it, because <laughs> to me, it feels exactly like MGS 3s camera system. Like they they nailed the feel of the movement of the camera. Don't you like hate the free cam in MGS 3, though, Apache? No, no I, I, I just I, right. The, I, I joke about it all the time because I, I only play in static cam. Uh, I play on the HD collection mostly, but I only play I only play in static cam, and the reason is is because I move through the rooms the same all the yeah. time. So right, I need right. to get used to like makes sense for runs. Yeah, I, I, and the and the margins are so thin in Euro, like it's almost like you're walking on a tightrope. You have to be on this exact line, otherwise you're going to get seen. Mm-hmm. So if you have the three D camera where you push on the controller, like it fucks with your muscle memory. Yeah, and and, and there are a lot of speedrunners who who use the 3D camera, and like, you know, none of them are as good as me, so just use the static camera, trust me, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Like, you get, like, the consistency of movement, and, like, your, you know, your 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 right thumb isn't fucking up your your angles and stuff of how you're traveling through rooms, yeah. Yeah, and like, the, the, the 3D camera, like, most people would think, oh, you use the 3D camera, and then you can see everything, but I kind of already know where everything is anyway, yeah. so 
I, uh, you know, I don't need to like put the camera over there to see there's a guard and like, I already know what's what what that looks like. Um, so I just don't really use it, and so it didn't really interest me. But uh, you know, I was making jokes about it, but I'm really glad it exists, and I, I've enjoyed watching people play the game with it. Um, it looks really cool, and what he's managed to do on like a on a technical level to uh, make the the graphics stay high quality when you're spinning the camera around and stuff. Yeah, it looks yeah it looks incredible. It's just I I don't personally have any interest in playing it. Um, you know I I I, I love playing the game with the static camera. The the next thing people should do is put the static camera into portable apps. Yes, that should be, that should be yes. the next project. Yeah, that that game does have a, a weird feel to it, like camera wise. Yeah. The right. only problem with that would be the well, okay. The way Metal Gear Solid games handle the camera is that you have sort of these zones, you know, that the camera moves between. You know, yep. MGS3 is a little less controlled in this regard because the environments are so much bigger, so it just sort of follows you from above. Yeah, it but does, yeah. In, yeah, but in MGS2 and MGS1, um, more so MGS2, the camera's, you know, moving to these more cinematic angles. You know, they're very curated. It's like a series of surveillance cameras, and as yes, you get out of yes. view of one, it switches to the next one. Pretty meta. Exactly. In two. And yeah, in three, it kind of just follows you through the room. Right. And that works better for three because, um, you know, the, again, the, the environments are more wide open, whereas in two, they're very enclosed and they're tighter. So you have to have those carefully chosen angles. And in portable ops, you sort of have those similar tight spaces. You know, it's yeah. somewhere in between it. So you would need to curate it more. You'd have to set up zones. Oh, it'd be a huge undertaking. Yeah, it'd, yeah. Be, another, it'd be a huge undertaking. But and and it would not garner as much attention as putting a 3D camera into MGS2. So right. it'd be a lot of work for for less interest. Um, it's so much work for like for like for for, for absolutely nothing. But at the same time, uh, someone should still do it. <laughs> it would be really cool. I do think it's interesting to play MGS2 with the 3D camera because it sort of illustrates why that game is better off without one. Mm. That's not to say you shouldn't, you know, that that people shouldn't try it because it's a lot of fun. I mean, I had a blast. The the, the Fat Man battle is just downright frantic with how you're, he's zipping around you more. You know, if you've got a bird's eye view during that battle, it's fairly easy to keep an eye on where he is. But when you're looking yeah. around you... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, it's like the beginning cutscene where you see him like Raiden's trying to figure out where he is and you just see him zip by between two containers like it yeah. feels like that. That's like being in the grocery store and you're like you like you're like in the grocery store with someone and you go in the other aisle and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you get separated. It's just downhill <laughs> from there. You're like, oh, no, it's a lot of fun. This best illustrates my point. The fact that you would say that you you would play like for years MGS2 with the static camera. And then you get the option of 3D, and you think the game should shouldn't have had this. Like, like the, yeah. you know, it, it, obviously we're not saying don't don't you dare download that mod and yeah. play with a 3D camera. That's not proper Metal Gear. Oh Solid no, you 2. absolutely I, should I, try it. I, yeah, it's great. I, yeah, every everyone should should definitely give it a go, especially if it's something you're interested in. But that's the way I feel about three. Yeah. Is like. I, you know, leave it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it needs the. Th- I don't think it yeah. should have the 3D camera. Um, I think the static camera was part of the, the the difficulty of the game because the game would do, uh, and also the presentation of the material. The static camera is is how 
the game was built to be presented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, Metal Gear Solid Three would do really cool stuff to give you more information with the static camera. So, like, you would get um, the radio calls would show you a video of the area, and it would show you like the the guard rotations. You would also uh, get cutscenes where Snake is stood there in the cutscene with the binoculars, and you could hold like R one. Uh, like, like for example, at the start of the end fight, you can see the entire area and plan out your movement from the word go before you even get control. You can have an idea of everything in the room and how it works. Here's this is this is really interesting, and it's something I've I've wanted to talk to you a bit about for a while. It's 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 interesting to see the different stages MGS three went through as there were like different iterations on how the camera and the movements handled. So the Original release of MGS3 with the static camera, um, I feel like there were some growing pains there for the series where they tried to like expand the area out and they give you all of the tools necessary uh, to sort of have an awareness of the surroundings and the enemies in it and everything you need to do. The only fault to it is that it sort of messes up the pacing a bit because in order to stay completely aware, you've got you kind of have to stop constantly, you know, so there's a lot of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop if you want to stay up to date with it. So like that that was sort of the area where it was like, OK, you know, there's 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 something unbalanced here, but it's not exactly clear what. But then they bring in the 3D camera and the initial impression is that, OK, well, this solves the problem. But now you're given almost too much awareness and the game becomes yeah. a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I even think like it was kind of just tacked on uh, extra as like as as like systems became better and could handle yeah. more. They were just like, oh well, we can just give you complete control of the camera now. But you right. can tell the environments aren't built to be looked at like that. Exactly, and that's what that's what MGS two reveals. Yeah, you, it was very apparent with watching. Yeah, watching Nitroid. That not that that's anything against the game because you're not supposed to see it. Yeah. So it unbalances it in the opposite direction. Um, And so but I but I think if you're looking at like how unbalanced it is, the original camera system for MGS3 is less unbalanced than the 3D camera. Um, What's really weird, though, is when you look at the at at the 3DS version. Because they I feel like they take it to an even further extreme by adding in the portable ops mechanics on top of that. Because now you can crouch walk as well. Yeah. And that just breaks it even more. So like, yeah, it's fun and it's interesting and it's worth trying, but it's also from like a gameplay perspective kind of broken. Yeah, I I see the, the 3DS is just like, it's like if you've played the original, if you played the original game and you like it, this is kind of a silly version of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, just, exactly. It, I don't want to call it like clown game, but it, it, it's not it's not serious, right? You shouldn't no, say it's not, yeah. you shouldn't say, oh, you just finished Metal Gear Solid 2 on on the uh, on your PlayStation. Right. Try the next one out, but play it on the 3DS. N- no one is saying that peak experience, it's the ideal way to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. And that's what just, the, the MGS2 mod is. It's, it's kind of the it's kind of this goofy otherworldly take on how the game worked and so like yeah you're gonna understand why the game was designed the way it was and 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 like i feel like if they had had the option to do a 3d camera back then with how the game was designed they probably wouldn't have done it because it does sort of break a lot of the game the only 
I will say this. The only area in MGS2 that I feel like the 3D camera makes a genuine improvement is on strut D. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. I can see that. I you, mean that that's a that's a ridiculously everything. difficult room. Um, yeah, it's the only one that wasn't really designed well for the static camera. It's like the oddest shape of any yeah. room in the whole game because it is actually shaped like the strut. Where it, it, most struts, you, you know, you, you, I, I, it's like a hallway. It's like yeah, very, it's like it's. You think about the strut where you meet Vamp. It's like it's a big rectangle, <laughs> but but that but that but the strut D. Which is the uh, uh, what the hell is the room called? Sediment pool. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird ass shape, and it's got two floors in a game that has barely any verticality. There's like, it's like it gives you an extra whole ass floor underneath. Um, it's like an, it's like a, a cake. A yeah. Cake. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird it's a, because it's if a you layer look at cake. the struts and the way they're designed when you go inside, like. There's not much of an attempt to try to make it feel like a real world space. The insides do not match the geometry of the outside. Yeah, it's it's a TARDIS moment as well, like constantly. Yeah, but that camera, yeah, you can see everything. It it works fine, but it's a lot of fun. You know, I I think the addition of the 3D camera in in Metal Gear Solid 3 made made the game a lot easier uh, for for a casual player, uh, which I also think, again, that's that's a good thing. like the yeah. game, game being easier, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's so, a nice option. So if you've like typically struggled with two because you couldn't really get your head around the camera system, maybe just try a three D version. You know, maybe I keep calling it a three D cam. It's just what I what I call it. I don't think it's pro- probably not a good name for it, but like, um, yeah, try the camera mod out if you've struggled with kind of getting used to where the guards are and moving around the map. Maybe three D will make the game more enjoyable for you as well, and I think that's cool too. At the very least, if you want to play MGS2 and have it feel like a fresh game, like something you've never experienced before, the camera it really does make it feel just entirely new. It's pretty cool. What I like most about that whole 3D camera uh, mod coming out is that it's on the PC version, and more people are going to find out that the PC version runs really well, will run on mm-hmm. a friggin' toaster. Um, because a lot of people have this false idea that the PC port is bad. It was when it came out, but then a guy fixed it. Like V V has made it <laughs> made made a fix for the game that make it run. It runs on anything, any controller. It it's 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 the best version, uh, to be honest. <laughs> Low key. I wish there was an equivalent fix for the PC version of MGS One. You know, because there are some fixes, but they're still. Eh. I don't. I don't think you can fix the PC version. I think of MGS One, Metal Gear Solid One, PC port is a fucking disaster. Yeah. Um. The only yeah. the only reason just anyone should play it, it is. Point. Yeah. Exactly. Just just play it on Duck Station because Duck Station is so good. Um. Yeah. It's the the MGS One PC port is is genuinely bad. And on that note. <laughs> We'll probably have a burst transmission on the Game Awards coming up, uh, so be on the lookout of that. Usually, we end up deciding about it like an hour beforehand. So, yeah, <laughs> but I'll if, if throw this... something on the calendar just in case. It's on December eighth. If this episode comes out and I haven't streamed Metal Gear Solid Three, or I haven't posted an IGT scorecard that says I have world record in X category. 
you can send me abuse and you are allowed <laughs> you like please bully me because i need to start playing that game soon that's that's the one thing i always worry about with you apache is why you don't play metal gear solid 3 more <laughs> <laughs> now i'm racing at gdq and i really don't want to lose but i've just been ill i need to I, 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 yeah i need to go I need to go play. We're going to be rooting for you, man. Dude, I want to do like a Rocky training montage, but in in the Discord channel. (laughs) Doing prep. The one that we spend like 14 hours on in a day. Yeah, doing doing pull-ups on the tree in uh, the snake eater. In in Melgasol 3. Oh, man. To the music of Rex Viper. Oh, let me edit that. Let me edit that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can you imagine us getting sued by Rex Viper using one of their tracks? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd, I'd have to like frame the letter and put it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs>